Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We'll tell you on uh, tomorrow's show, George LaRock will be on the air with us. And Tony Burr of Oilers TV fame. We'll talk a bit about his journey. Uh, Friday, former Edmonton Oilers player and coach, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. They just announced a recruiting class. Things are more challenging for the U of A than they have been in the past because there's two more NHL teams, two more AHL teams, two more ECHL teams. And uh, the Bears used to go and grab the many of the top 20-year-olds in the WHL. And some of those guys now are getting NHL deals. Uh, but we'll talk to Ian Herbers, Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network, Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec, will join us as well. We will uh, hook up with our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. John, how are you? Hey, Bob, I'm good. What do you tell, uh, for, for the listeners that don't know, and, and look, they, they're familiar with your work on Oilers Now and Inside Sports and uh, Oilers Pre and Post and that sort of thing, a little bit of, uh, you know, Sportsnet uh, analyst work, but why, why don't you tell what you got going with Bob McCowan? Uh, well, uh, we do a daily one-hour podcast uh, available on all the platforms, the same platforms that Oilers Now is available on. Uh, and we we go above and beyond hockey, so we go a- across the board on what I would describe as major professional sports in North America, uh, plus a little bit of the business of sports. So we do an hour a day, uh, Monday to Friday. Now, have you ever had a engaging conversation on the merit of some of the Oilers Hall of Famers uh, on on that uh, show with Bob McCowan, like Grant Fuhr as an example? <laughs> we have had a few discussions with me, who was around for all of Grant's time in Edmonton and all of Grant's time in Toronto, uh, defending Grant and Mr. McCowan not suggesting that... Uh, that Grant, because of uh, the team he played for, might have been a little overrated, which a lot of us and most of us disagree with. So, so I mean, these are these are interesting times. Uh, you know, McCowan at one time had the, the you know the sort of the Canadian show, and he he's American, right? He's lived here since he was two years old, Bob. Okay, so he's Canadian. He's he's, he's Canadian. He's a Canadian guy. I, I I will tell you, I always found him to be incredibly engaging, uh, and he's he certainly did a wonderful job having executives and that sort of thing on the show uh, over the years. So uh, interesting. So he doesn't think uh, now. How much crossover is there for him? with the politics of sport versus uh, straight sport. Like, we live in a time in which we have people that, you know, it's funny, You can't, we have people listening right now, you can't be far enough left or far enough woke for them, and we have people listening right now that you can't be far enough right uh, for them, and then there's people that just want to, I'd say 90% of which are in the middle. Does that ever get, you know, I mean, I, I, at times in the past, I, I can remember as an example, Bob having a, a, Rob Dom was the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. Rob wanted to put fighting back in university hockey because the stick work had gotten out of control, there was a lack of accountability, and McCowan absolutely shredded him on the air without ever actually having him on the show. Oh, probably. I don't know. I can't. I'm not here to speak for Bob. So okay. That, well, that, no, that, I'm just. You know, that's. I mean, the the the, the great thing about Bob McCowan is that uh, he understands what is entertaining. 
He's well informed. He has great contacts. Uh, you don't have to agree with him. Beautiful. And Bob Bob loves nothing more than a great argument. Yes. And at the at the end of the at the end of the day, uh, if when the microphones get turned off, uh, everything goes back to normal. And that's the one thing you have to understand. And you know, and by the way, you know, the other guy that was like that, Bob, for years and years and years, as heated as things used to get, was Don Cherry. You know, Don Cherry would go toe-to-toe with Ron on Coach's Corner every Saturday night, and they would get into some very vitriolic conversations and some disagreements. And as soon as the red light disappeared, they both turned at each other, they winked at each other, they laughed, and, they, and then they went their separate ways. Yeah. So it's all about, it's all, a, you know, we're, 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 not the sitting here, we're not sitting here claiming to be journalists and claiming to be the last voice of authority. We're supposed to be having some fun and entertain and maybe get a little bit of information out there. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And if we take ourselves too seriously, Bob, then we've got a problem. Brent in Drayton Valley says, I listen to McCown and Shannon podcast all the time. Really good. Highly recommend it. That one comes to us from Brent oh. in D.C. Hey, give, give that guy a gift certificate. I don't care what it's for, but uh, give him a gift certificate. I'm running low on GCs right now. It's like i got to get them again in the fall. You know how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you got to remember the denominations and not give them away as quickly next time. Yeah, he, <laughs> that was a somewhat comical story. <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, uh, we had this conversation a bit with David Staples. Uh I'm not going to get you to comment on politics. So about no, about, I get in trouble when I talk about politics in Alberta, even though people forget I lived in the province for 15 years. I think I understand the politics of Alberta, but I'm not going to talk about them. Brent in Drayton Valley has responded. Listen to John Shannon. Give me the damn GEC. So there you go. <laughs> give him uh, a gift certificate. So actually, you can get. I tell you what, Bob, you can give him one of mine. How's yeah. that? Well, uh, I don't know if you're going to get any this year either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's cut. Let's cut to the chase here. David. Dave was talking a bit about the fact: should there be concerns uh, that the Oilers would have something similar happen to them this season? And has happened in 1718. Of course, John, you know the story. They make it two rounds of the playoffs, lose game seven to Anaheim uh, in round number two. A lot of people picked Edmonton as a consensus favorite out of the Western Conference during the 1718 season. Frank Cervelli, I think, picked Edmonton to win the cup. This is after the year before he said the Oilers wouldn't, wouldn't make the playoffs. Um, and, and I do know, like I, I taught McClellan that year, he's like, stop, I don't know how we're going to handle the weight of expectation here. I personally, John, think the Oilers are at a different place as an organization. They have better and deeper players. I look no further than Nugent Hopkins was the third best forward on that team, maybe the third best forward for a number of years. Well, now they got Kane and Hyman pushing Nugent Hopkins for that. I think Edmonton's got better underlying supporting players as well. But I'd like to know what you think. Two things. First of all, I, I think that um, if you look at this squad, uh, pre-J, post-J, and maybe maybe even more, a better example is pre-Kane and post-Kane. I, I think there were two different teams. And I think the team uh, that Evander Kane arrived to and then changed a little bit of the complexion of, uh, I, I think that that's a, big, that's a big part of what this team is all about. Uh, the one concern I do have is there was a guy in that room last year that could settle things down. There was a guy in that room that could stand up, because this is a player's issue. This is not a coach's issue, because you know the coaches are going to be telling this from the beginning. This is a player's issue. There was a guy in that room that could stand up and say, hey, boys, 
we got to get our act together. Hey, boys, we're not that good yet. And that was Duncan Keith. And, and to me, and I think that was Keith's best, biggest and best value to this organization in the last 12 months. The question becomes is, have enough guys learned from Duncan Keith over that 12-month period? Like, and, and, and as a guy like Zach Hyman is a perfect example, because I think Zach's that same type of leader. Uh, is there enough maturity amongst the players to avoid the 17-18 issue in so many ways? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, do you think they're I, – I just think they're deeper at forward. They got more skill at forward. Sure they are. Right? Um, yeah. Defense, hmm. No, I don't think – I mean, I, I think that there's there's real hope that a guy like uh, Philip Broberg can contribute, right? Don't yeah. you think? Uh, so, so the moment that Broberg can contribute – and, and I don't mean rushing up the ice, because I don't think Jay Woodcroft really wants Philip Broberg rushing up the ice too many times. But the moment a guy like Philip Broberg can contribute as a defenseman, then this team is even in that much better stead. You know, uh, you, you know, and then when I talked about the the time Kane was in Edmonton, I also you also have to look at the addition of what Kulak did at the deadline. And now that he's got job security in Edmonton for a while, that's a positive, too. Would I, would I like to see them get one more veteran defenseman? I probably would, yeah. But uh, it, I, that's not a, a, a casting aspersions that this is a poor defense right now. I think with Jack Campbell in goal, with the defense they have, they're better off than they were last year. But, uh, they, can be, they, but they still can be better. This text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero. Curtis from Wainwright says, "Shannon and Bob have good content on their podcast. Just know, Stoffer, you aren't the only Bob on the air with haters on both sides of the political spectrum." <laughs> that comes to us from Curtis. Oh man, that's well, fun. Uh, uh, but my, my friend, Mister McCowan, is a, a capital D Democrat, so we we understand that and we live with that. That's All okay. All right, and this texter comes in to say, wake up, Bob. They were awful in 2017-18 because Shirelli stripped every winger from the organization, laugh out loud, and uh, Talbot was playing with a bad abdominal injury. There you go. You can text us. Wake on the... up, Bob. Come on, Bob, wake up. Uh, Randy says, Bob, I'd put the Oilers' chance of falling back to a non-playoff team 1-3. Goaltending team defense, or defense and team toughness are concerns. Are you concerned about? All right. So goaltending, they got Jack Campbell. They got, uh, you know, we're going to see more Stuart Skinner. They got Calvin Pickard, a veteran AHL guy, as their number three organizational goaltender. On defense, could they add another? I mean, if you could get a guy at 750K, would you do it, John? Uh, it just depends who the guy is, Bob. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have the list of, of uh, unrestricted free agents out there yet. Um, and, and let's remember, and I'm not without trying to stir the pot too much, I still think the Oilers have an asset to trade um, that could possibly help them get a defenseman. Uh, so, I mean, I think that, you know, between now and when camp starts, which is what the, tw let's say for the sake of argument, the 20th of September, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of action in the NHL, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers are one of those teams that does something for one player at this point. Yeah. John Shannon joining us right now for Legacy Heating and uh, well, it's. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, what's the mood like? Like you're in Toronto right now. Where are people at with the Maple Leafs? Do they think that they've improved the team? No, no. I think there's a huge concern here. Uh, in fact, I was, I was.
I was mentioning it to, at lunch to someone is that the Leafs are laying low right now, very low. Um, you know, with uh, you know, with the, with the bio steel camp that has been going on, uh, you see pictures of everybody but Maple Leaf players that are involved. Um, I, I think there's there is real concern here. Uh, I think there's real concern on what their bottom six looks like. Uh, and I think there's real concern about, you know, can Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov do the job and goal? Um, you know, Matt Murray's, you know, how, how damaged goods are the damaged goods? You know, if, if Kyle Dubas is right, then, then, then life is good. Uh, I think that the big question in goal there is why did Washington get rid of Samsonov so quickly? Why did they, you know, they invested a lot of money and spent a lot of time in making sure that this guy was supposed to be the number one goaltender after Braden Holtby. Um, you know, what happened? Why did it go south so quick? And and so from that perspective, I think that the the question in goal for Toronto um, is is bigger than it ever was ever was uh, since Freddie Anderson left. So eight months ago in January, when the Oilers were struggling a bit during that two eleven and two run, there were a lot of people that ah, you know, Ken Holland's lost his fastball. Right now, I'd suggest to you, John, that you know the the approval ratings for Ken Holland are high. The Oilers have retained their first round picks. They went to the conference final. Uh, you know, uh, Kent Hughes goes into Montreal. The Canadians make a couple blockbuster deals. They get themselves a couple center options. Kirby Dock likely headed to a four year extension because he's only used two of his three years so far. So people need to remember that on the extension. So that'll be intriguing. Um, and they also got Sean Monahan. Lots of fans in Montreal excited about the prospect of Hughes. Not quite the same in Toronto, is it? The Blooms come off the or has it? Is is that entrenched analytics community still supporting Kyle Dubas quite a bit? I I, I don't know because I, I don't talk to the entrenched analytics community. Um, but I, what I would say is I, I think there's a lot of skepticism here right now. I, I think that there's a and skepticism and concern. Uh, I mean, this team has not won a playoff game since Pat Quinn was coach. A playoff series, rather, since Pat Quinn was coach. Uh, you, you, you know, with all the money they have spent, uh, and now I think I think it's fair to call it the Big Five in Toronto, uh, with the addition of Morgan Riley getting over seven and a half million dollars, with five guys getting upwards of fifty million dollars. Um, you know, there's there's some concern about how this team is going to fulfill any of its promise. You know, John Tavares is the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I think that uh, I think that there's a lot of people in the fan base in Toronto that would say if you had a choice to re-sign John, to sign John Tavares, knowing what you've seen out of him for the last four years, would you do it? I think there's a lot of people that would say no, and I think that that probably indicates where the fan base is right now. John, you started talking about the fact that, you know, you, you saw a lot of all those Oilers Hall of Famers, and I'm going to hit on a couple topics here for this day in Oilers history for friends of New West Travel. Uh, born in the state 66 years ago, Kent Nielsen. And on this date in 1990, free agent Ken the Rat Lensman returns to the Oilers for a second tour of duty. He ended up with 36 points in 56 games uh, playing for Edmonton during the 90-91 season. Uh, talk to me about those two players. I mean, Kenny Lensman was part of the first Stanley Cup championship team in 83-84, got moved for Krushelniski, had a pretty good NHL career. 
and Kent Nielsen was on, I think, the best Oilers, and he too came back for a second tour of duty in Edmonton, but he was on the 86-87 team. I think right. that was the best Oilers team. Give me your thoughts on those two players. Well, I love the 87 team. Uh, you remember that was a team that really sh- should have never gone to seven games against the Philadelphia Flyers I- I- in the Stanley Cup final. Um, what I would tell you, though, is, and I know Kenta uh, a long time. I knew him from his days in Atlanta. Uh, and then remember, he was. There was a time in, in the 1980-81 season that there were arguments between Calgary and Edmonton. I know it's hard to believe there were arguments between Calgary and Edmonton of who had the better player, Kent Nielsen or Wayne Gretzky, because that's how Kent, uh, Kent Nielsen was unbelievable. As an offensive player, Obs- he was obscene. Yeah, he was obscenely obscene. gifted. Oh he- yeah, he he was he was he was a fantastic hockey player, just a fa- fantastic hockey player. By the way, you know who he's married to, huh? Uh, golfer. Yeah, Helen Alfredson. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so no, but when when Kent, it, to me, I thought I found it so ironic. Here he was, the because in that time in Alberta, the, the the battle was at its as it at its best, uh, and and Kent, who had been then traded to Minnesota and finally ended up in Edmonton, Kent Nielsen became and won a championship uh, with the Oilers. And remember, remember the famous Ron Hickstall hack. Yep. In the Stanley Cup final, and what was it, game one? Game one or game two? I can't remember. Uh, of 87. And that was Kent Nielsen doing what he did best. He was bugging Ron Hickstall in front of the net. So, Glenn Anderson did a drive-by first. What I remember, <laughs> you, you know the story about the five pucks at center ice? He he, uh, he got he got the orders picked him up from Minnesota, yeah. and he bet one of the guys on the team that he could get the crossbar from center ice uh, four to five shots. Yeah. Oh and, no, no. He, and, and, he did, to, and he did it. He he went four for four and didn't take the fifth shot. And just skated away. So so I tell you what. Uh, the, he, the the other guy on that, and I I'm, I know I'm talking flames here, but the other guy on that Calgary team that had as good a shot as Kent did was Guy Schwinnard. Yeah. And and Kent Nielsen and Guy Schwinnard used to have these contests after practice in Calgary about hitting the crossbar. And invariably, it was it was clanking all the time between the two of them. Paul Reinhardt tried to stay up with it, but couldn't manage it. Uh, but uh, but Nielsen and Schwenard could do it, and that's when. So when he did come to Edmonton and started to do it after practice, there were a few of us that knew exactly what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. So that to me was no surprise at all. All right. Well, uh, and Ken, Kenny Lindsman, the rat. You got. 20 seconds on him. Give me a rip. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. He's he, he was Brad Marchant before Brad Marchant was Brad Marchant. And his versatility, his intelligence on the ice, nobody understood how smart he was. Nobody understood how much how how many brain cells he used to play the game. He was brilliant on the ice. He knew how to get to and bug everybody and still be effective offensively. And he was a really good defensive centerman too, Bob. Great stuff, John. Uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, just stay out of the politics, okay? Because I get for some reason I get in trouble when you get into politics. I don't uh, understand. I'm it, not going to get into politics, but thank you, John. Okay. For, for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. Uh, we had a political text here. There's a better chance Alberta separates than the Oilers miss the playoffs this year. Well, I don't want Alberta to separate, and I hope the Oilers make the playoffs. So there you go. Uh, I'm all for that. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Want to mention to you the best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza. 
Edmonton owned and operated for a menu to Listler 15 Edmonton and area four in Calgary. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean chicken. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight, six to eight. We'll be back at it tomorrow with George LaRock and Tony Brar. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Ray Lahu, followed by Rob Breckenridge from two to three, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen and I. So long, everybody, from Weathers Now.